Andrew Pitkin here on your update program. I'm now joined by Martha Sander, Executive Director for Council on Families in Crisis, also uh, kind of locally known as the Moss House. And uh, you've been there for almost the full 30 years, as this is the 30-year anniversary you talked about. But uh, for those who don't know you know, what's going on at, at Moss House or, or what it's about, could you, could you let uh, some of the folks know that? Um, yes, we're very excited. Moss House opened on July 1 of 1990, so this is our 30-year anniversary of being able to provide safe emergency residential shelter for victims of domestic and sexual violence. So we're very excited about that. Uh, Moss House is, just real quick, a 25-bed facility located in Nevada where we're able to take in people who are victims of domestic and sexual violence and help them basically, number one, be safe, and then second, our secondary goal is to help them with secondary services, case management, getting them into independent housing, um, basically emotional support. Some people need medical care, legal care, those types of issues. So basically we um, first do, deal with safety and then we deal with secondary support services. So we're very, very excited to be having our 30-year anniversary, even in the midst of a public health crisis. Um, obviously, our services are very needed, and we're very um, appreciative to be in a community that's embraced us. Absolutely. Well, and Martha, they they might even be more important uh, during this time, as, as we see in the news and elsewhere sometimes that domestic abuse is um, on the rise with people uh, needing to stay home. Obviously, Missouri is now being opened up, and, and hopefully that will help in a way, but um, how have you seen an increase in local services? Well, the first increase that we've seen was in our hotline calls. Our hotline call volume for March was tripled, what our normal monthly average is. And in April, again, it was doubled. And so, again, with the public health crisis and the stay-at-home orders, a lot of people are having to stay home 24-7. And that's been very difficult in families that struggle sometimes um, to be able to have that that respite or that time when um, people are out of the homes or they're able to go to their friends or their family and have other types of interventions that has not taken place. The other thing that's happened, there are a lot of shelters that have not taken intakes um, during this time. So the bed counts, the availability of beds has been a lot smaller and a lot slimmer. And I think that's also increased, but there definitely has been um, an increase in the levels of physical violence and an increase in the um, severity of the physical violence that we've been dealing with at shelter. And what are some of the the trends, uh, you know, associated with the increased services? Well, I think one of the biggest trends we've seen is um, obviously the shift in the hotline calls has been higher, but also the isolation is kind of the hallmark of domestic violence. A lot of times victims are very isolated away from other support systems. And so with the stay-at-home orders, that's been a huge impact on um, one of the trends that is definitely taken away from people's ability to talk about it, to ask for help, to safety plan. And we've seen that in our hotline calls when people call for services. Um, you know, someone is outside mowing the yard or someone's running to the store for a pack of cigarettes or um, somebody's trying to call us from a bathtub in a bathroom. So um, it's a very difficult time. That isolation is very, very difficult for victims to get away, to have that time to really ask for help or talk about the increase stress that um, is occurring. So I think the fact that isolation is a lot more has a lot to do with the trends and the increases. And also April was Child uh, Abuse Awareness Month. So how has this isolation also affected efforts to combat child abuse? 
Well, one of the things that we know is that the calls to the Missouri Child Abuse Hotline are down 50%. And so we attribute that to a lack of eyes, so to speak, on our on our children. So basically our schools are out. A lot of counseling has gone to um, virtual in the home. Um, shelters, again, are not as accessible. Outreach services, everybody, the new normal as they call it. Um, everybody is doing services differently through either Zoom or video or telehealth or phone calls. And so I do think that has directly contributed to the the drop in the hotline call services. We don't have calls going in from mandated reporters. Um, people don't have eyes on our children. They don't have eyes on people that we love. And so I think that it's very, very important as the awareness months wind down that we also remember this is a very stressful time and people need to really do what they can to have eyes on other people that they care about. Um, Not even people who are traditionally dealing with domestic violence, but just people that you love and care about. It's very stressful and some families have been impacted a lot. Some families have not been impacted a lot, but um, for those that have, it's just very, very difficult. For someone who's listening to and, and hearing you say, you know, it's it's important to, to look for these signs, how can folks uh, intervene? What should they do if they see a situation that, that might need might need help? Well, I think one of the biggest things to do when you see a situation that needs help is to actually say something. And sometimes people are afraid to say something because it's awkward. So it's also easy to make comments like, I know this is a very stressful time. Is there anything I can do to help? Or um, if you have children, making sure that they're getting to talk to their grandparents or they're getting to talk to their friends or, you know, thinking about creative ways that you can try to open up the conversations because a lot of times, again, domestic violence occurs in isolation and so the more isolated people are the more likely that that this escalates so one of the big things that people can do to help is stay connected like have those conversations talk about would you be willing to call a hotline would you be willing to call someplace for help you can also call the police department like you can call 911 you can call the sheriff's office you can ask for law enforcement intervention if someone's hurting you you can call there are victim advocates uh, like Moss House and the prosecutor's office. There are people that have been victims of crime and there's crime rights um, advocates that help with that. And so there's also, I think, looking at creative things that people can do, developing code words, maybe with family members that are in precarious situations that if they would call and say a certain code that they might need help and to go ahead and call for law enforcement to intervene or be able to think about um, some of those things that you can do um, for children, a lot of times kept connecting them with trusted adults, even if it might be scary that they might say something you don't want them to say. But the reality is we've all got to get through this and being safe is really the most important piece of this. Speaking with Martha Sander, Executive Director for Council on Families in Crisis here in Nevada. And isn't April the time that Council on Families in Crisis usually has their annual Crime Victims Rights Walk and ceremony. Yes, that ceremony is done by our domestic violence task force located here in Vernon County. And April is the month, the week that we observe Crime Victims Rights Week. And so we have postponed the ceremony for this year. Um, we are hoping to still get it scheduled later in the in the summer, in the fall, if it works out. So stay tuned for that. We intend to still honor um, people who are victims of crime. As we just talked about, a lot of people Um, fall into that and need help. And so the community still wants to be able to provide those support services for those that need it. 
And who are uh, those agencies, again, that are involved in domestic violence, the Domestic Violence Task Force in Vernon County? Our task force is made up of the Nevada Police Department, the Vernon County Sheriff's Office, the Vernon County Prosecutor and the Victim Advocate in, in Brandy's office, the Vernon County Circuit Clerk, the Probation and Parole Division, Children's Division of Family Services, the Nevada Regional Medical Center, Vernon County Health Department, and of course, Moss House. And so all of these agencies have services that can assist crime victims. You can reach out to any of these agencies if you've been a victim of crime. Um, and domestic and sexual violence are crimes, and it's not okay for someone to be hurting you, even if they love you or you're in a relationship with them. So there are a lot of different people and agencies in our community that want to help, that are here to help, and that um, work hard every month to have meetings and try to advocate for those that, that can't advocate for themselves. Well, Martha, something that really sticks out to me in you saying that is just that these, you know, people who feel isolated right now need to know that they're not alone, correct? That is very correct. Um, it feels very isolating. It feels very alone. But there are a lot of people working very, very hard in the background to help people and to provide services. And a lot of services are still being provided. They're just being done differently. And I think that sometimes people are scared to ask for help. People are ashamed to ask for help. But I want to remind people that um, being a victim is never your fault and it's never okay. And it just really doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Nobody should be hurting someone else. Um, it's also important for people to really, during this time of high stress, take good care of themselves, make sure you're eating, sleeping, resting, um, taking a walk around the yard, um, doing something to relieve your stress, being responsible for yourself, how you treat others, and really just being kind to those that you love and care about and that, that share your space. And what would you like to, uh, if anything, touch on before we wrap up the interview? Well, the one thing I would just like to do is give our 800 crisis line. Um, that number is 1-800-398-4271. And that number is highly confidential. We don't have a caller ID system on it. So when you call our hotline, we literally have no idea who's calling. So you can say you're Mary all day long and we won't know the difference um, or Bill or anybody else. So we do take calls from people who need help. We also accept calls from family members. Um, we accept calls from employers. We get a lot of calls to our hotline where people will say, hey, I think I know somebody. What should I say? How should I approach this? Can you give me some help? So anybody can call our, our crisis line. We have young teens that sometimes call in dating situations. And we're just there to help give information, safety plan, be creative. And really our goal is for people to be safe. Well, Martha, that sounds like a great goal. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That's Martha Sander, the Executive Director for Council on Families in Crisis. On KNEM KNMO, this was your update program.